Welcome to Crime Soup Podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Carter. And I'm Hannah. And this week we'll be discussing the unsolved murder of a young mother and her seven-year-old son in Omaha, Nebraska. This is the story of Darosha and Kamal Matthews. A woman named Pinky Foster was worried about her adult daughter, Darosha, after not hearing from her all day. Darosha was 26 years old and a single mom to her seven-year-old son, Kamal. Darosha and Kamal lived in a small one-and-a-half-story house in the Clifton Hills neighborhood, 10 minutes outside of downtown Omaha. When Pinky hadn't heard from her daughter all day Monday, she and three others decided to go over to Darosha's house on Tuesday and check on them. They stopped by Darosha's neighbor's house to borrow her spare key and let themselves in the front door. What Pinky and the others discovered was a nightmare. On his bedroom floor was seven-year-old Kamal, dead, still wearing pajamas, apparently strangled with a rope around his neck. They left the scene and immediately called police. When police searched the Matthews home, they also found the deceased body of 26-year-old Darosha, partially clothed, suffocated, and strangled on a waterbed in the basement. Just like her son, Darosha still had a rope around her neck. According to an article published in the Lincoln Star newspaper the following day, the Matthews home was ransacked, but there didn't appear to be a violent struggle. Drawers were pulled out and papers were all over the place. So one of the biggest questions I have about this, because we don't have very much information about this case. There's only like a couple of news articles and there's just a lot of missing information. So we kind of have to pick apart what little information we do have. And one of the things that stood out to me is that the house is quote unquote ransacked, but they also took the time to report that there didn't appear to be a violent struggle. And I just wanted to hear your thoughts on like, like, I know what comes to my mind, but if you hear someone say there wasn't a violent struggle, what does that mean to you? I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, I think of physical evidence, like skin under the fingernails of the of the victim, or potential weapons used. I, I don't really know what type of physical evidence in a home they would immediately look for to say, oh yeah, that's definitely a violent, violent struggle. But I imagine like things that are broken, whether it's furniture or glass, things that could potentially be used as weapons laying in weird places. And then obviously the skin under the fingernails and and, uh, defensive wounds and stuff like that. I don't think it's specific enough, honestly, a violent struggle. Like she was potentially asleep is what, so maybe she didn't have defensive wounds. She didn't have anything she could defend herself with. She was already in bed when this happened. What came to my mind is I instant, like when someone says violent struggle, I immediately think uh, like overturned furniture. I think of defensive wounds. And I also kind of jumped to the conclusion, I don't know if it's accurate or not, that where the bodies were found is where they were killed. Yeah. Because there's going to be more of a struggle and more signs of a struggle if they were moved or they were dragged or if there was like a change of scenery. Yeah, that makes sense. Which it might it might severely affect the case or it might not. But that's the other thing is we don't know if where the bodies were found, if that's where they were killed or if they were moved. 
Yeah, so uh, Derosha was on a waterbed in the basement and Kamal was on the floor of his bedroom. According to Homicide Lieutenant Foster Burchard, the last known contact with Derosia was her mother, Pinky, who spoke with her on the phone early on Monday. But Kamal never made it to school that day, and he didn't do his normal paper route Monday evening. So this is actually one of the biggest questions and one of the things that bothers me and irks me the most about this case that I just like can't shake. The timing of this murder feels really weird to me, and I don't know if it actually is, but according to DeRosha's mom, Pinky talked to DeRosha on the phone early on Monday. So we know that DeRosha was alive early Monday morning. And, but then Kamal never makes it to school. And I don't know what time school starts. I think elementary school usually starts, what, sometime between 7.30 and 9.30? Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, it's sometime in there, like around the eight o'clock hour. So I don't know how early Pinky called her daughter, but it seems like a very short amount of time right after talking to her mother on the phone is when she and Kamal get murdered. And to back this up, Kamal is still in his pajamas. So it sounds like he hadn't even really started the day yet. I think the reason that this bothers me so much is because when I picture like if this was a burglary, because we know that their house was ransacked, what kind of burglar breaks into someone's house at like seven or eight o'clock in the morning on a Monday morning? Most of the time burglars want people not to be in the home or are expecting people to not be in the home. So if they knew who they were burglarizing, wouldn't they want to be in the home a little bit later? Like, because nobody would be in the house. Exactly. So like, if you burgle someone's house at seven or eight o'clock in the morning, it's almost like the perpetrator knew that they would be home or wanted them to be home, which drastically changes this case because it makes you wonder, were Derosha and Kamal the targets or was the house the target? Yeah. And right now it's almost leaning more toward that they were the targets. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense that the house would be the target right now. It's uncertain whether or not the front door to the Matthews home was actually locked when Pinky arrived Tuesday morning and discovered the crime scene. The back door was locked and bolted from the inside. I mean, this is also really unclear, so I guess when Pinky hadn't heard from DeRosha all day, she went over the next morning and she borrowed the neighbor's key to get into DeRosha's house, but I don't think she was 100% certain if, if it was even locked whenever she went to go open it. Yeah, I mean, she wouldn't know. She just automatically assumed it would be locked and got the key and yeah and put the key in opened the door and then after a traumatic experience like that the police are trying to juice you for information and you're like "Uh, maybe it was locked maybe it wasn't i'm not 100 certain so they don't know but the neighbor had a key that's weird they probably did that's that's what we had all growing up our next door neighbor had the spare key to our house so that if we ever got locked yeah if we ever got locked out we could go over to the neighbor's house who was a little old italian man that we trusted named tony good old tony but he had he had our spare key i guess i can't imagine this Uh, number one i never stayed in a house or neighborhood long enough to like get to know neighbors very well we moved a lot when i was little having like your neighbor has your key that blows my mind Maybe I should be better friends with my neighbors right now. Like, and I just, I've just been keeping them at a distance for no reason. The other people that accompanied Pinky to the crime scene were Derosia's cousin, Velma Strom, Velma's husband, JC, and Mrs. Martin, one of Derosia's former co-workers and friends. Okay, so after Pinky hasn't heard from Derosia in 24 hours, she goes over to Derosia's house, gets the spare key from the neighbor, they walk in, 
and they find a nightmare scene, right? What stood out to me about this situation that I find very odd is that Pinky was very concerned for her daughter in such a short amount of time. I don't know about other people and how their relationships with their parents are, but I feel like it's more normal for me to go days or weeks without talking to my parents. I think right now I probably talk to my mom maybe once every week, week and a half. And so I don't know how DeRosha and Pinky's relationship was, but I think it's interesting that after only a day, after only 24 hours, her mom is so concerned about her. Now, she not only goes over to her house, but takes three people with her. It just makes me wonder what was going on at that time, what was going on in DeRosha's life that made her mom so concerned. So, I mean, I agree. Like, now that I think about it, I think I go months without talking to my parents. Like, I don't I don't really talk to my parents that much. Um, but thinking about Drosia, it's possible that her family was really tight-knit. It's especially being a Black single mother in 1979. Like, I'm sure that her family was very aware of how dangerous that situation could be. The potential of it, right? There's lots of violence against women. There's lots of violence against black women. Maybe uh, they talked really often. And so that, that concern wasn't completely unwarranted for them, but it seems foreign to us. Yeah, it just makes me wonder, like, because the police and the police reports and the media, they don't actually give us any insight into what DeRosha's life was like. I don't know what it was like living in her neighborhood. I don't know if it was a high crime area. I don't really know what her day-to-day looked like. I don't know, just maybe she was at risk for danger and her mom knew that, but I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, it's really upsetting how little there is on this case. Like, they gave us nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. How is anybody supposed to help Omaha Police Department? They don't know anything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like a crumb of context, please. They're like, we just found this woman dead. Uh, That's all we're giving you. Yeah, let us know if you know anything. Thanks. (laughs) We don't know anything. Doesn't sound like you do either. Yeah. Like, damn. According to DeRocia's friend and former co-worker, Mrs. Martin, the living room was all torn up and the front window was up and the TV was still playing. So the front window was open in April in Omaha. What's the weather even like? I would think it would be cold. Like, why wouldn't they just leave out the front door? I guess the, the perpetrator... Also, April, isn't this like the worst time? Like winter's thawing out and there's probably like bugs starting to hatch. I wouldn't want my window open. Right? So it makes sense that it was potentially the perpetrator who left it open. Or maybe they opened it for a minute and that's how the perpetrator got in. Not a lot of people have solid locks on their windows. Even today, I don't think. And I think her house was old by the 70s standard. A lot of times those windows, you could just kind of give them a good shake or just kind of... So... Our house just got broken into in November and we had to get a window replaced because they just smashed one of our windows. Um, But the window guy was telling us how easy it is to get into windows. Like even the best windows, even the newest windows, there's there's like a certain thing they can do to shimmy them up. So if you have like push up windows instead of push to the side windows, there's something they can do to like stick something under and just push it up and pull it out. Like they don't even have to shatter your window. They can just fucking pull it out. Yeah. And hold on. I have a stat. Uh, let's see here. Oh, okay. So this comes from the Bureau of Justice Statistics. It says for households occupied at the time of burglary, so like DeRoche's case, 55% of burglars came in through an open or unlocked door or window, i.e. no force was necessary. So it's not uncommon. <laughs> no, it's about like half and half. Yeah. 
there isn't a very clear motive. We talked earlier about how since she and Kamal were murdered so early in the morning after they woke up that it seems like whoever ransacked their house wasn't targeting the house because that's such a weird time. They, the burglar would have most likely known that they were home, in which case it makes it look more like DeRosha and Kamal were the targets. Who breaks in at like six, seven in the morning? Like, which leaves us with this obvious question, which is like, what was the motive? Because we know that they were murdered. She was found partially clothed, which kind of sometimes is the police's way of alluding to the fact that the person was sexually assaulted, but they don't want to overtly say it. So we don't know if she was or not. And then, so sexual assault may have been a motive. And then the house was ransacked. So sexual assault, murder, or theft. Absolutely don't understand. Do you have any theories? Do you think one over the other? Is there anything from the crime scene that I mean, points one way or the other? No, I don't have any theories, but I do know that when our house was broken into, they didn't take any electronics. They didn't take my MacBook. They didn't take anything that I thought they would take, but they went through all my drawers and cabinets. And I think looking for like medicine so if I had like any Adderall, maybe they were looking for something like that or or just cash laying around. They weren't looking for big ticket items. They were looking for quick things to take that. But I don't I don't know what they were looking for in Drosia's house. Like I maybe the same things, maybe cash and pills if she had any, because they didn't take any big things from her house either. Right. Yeah. I don't know what she had in her house. Like they didn't take the TV. The TV was still playing when she was only working as a crossing guard and teacher's aide, so she obviously isn't a super wealthy person. She's probably living very modestly, which also begs the question of, like, why would someone target her house, assuming that they knew her and knew what she did for a living? Yeah. Okay, so the only theory I can really think of without assuming too much about her, I guess, is maybe she was having mental health issues. Maybe somebody who knew her knew she was going to a doctor and was getting prescribed some pills. And maybe that made them interested in her as a target. And maybe that's the reason why she quit her job. Or maybe that's the reason why her mom was so, so concerned about her. Yeah, we don't know what they were attempting to find because it says that drawers were pulled out and papers were all over the place. So I don't know if they were looking for drugs, if they were looking for cash, if they were looking for something else. What else would you take from someone's house? I don't know. And it seems so weird that they killed Kamal as well, because even if their intention was to kill Doroshia and sexually assault her, a lot of times, I at least I feel like a lot of times in those scenarios, they leave the child alive. It might depend on the age of the child. He was old enough that he could have ID'd someone. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's another question is why was Kamal killed? I think I'm assuming that she was the main target. I don't know why someone would target a seven-year-old. So I'm assuming that his death was just collateral and either because the perpetrator didn't want him to be able to ID him or they had a vendetta against her and her family and they just wanted her to suffer. Doroshia had been unemployed since February after resigning from her job as a classroom maid and crossing guard for the nearby school, a school which her son Kamal attended. This is odd. I have no idea if it is related to her death in any way, but I do wonder why she decided to quit her job after she was there for two years. So is there something that caused her to quit her job? Did she like it there, but she had to leave? 
uh, was somebody harassing her. It's just weird that you would go from being employed for two years. So why quit after two years and then go straight to being unemployed? Like, it sounds like she didn't have another job lined up, which is hard because if she's a single mom, she doesn't have anyone else producing income for their household. That would have been very stressful. Yeah, and Kamal's biological father lived in California and Derosia and Kamal's father were never married, right? So we, we don't even know if he was contributing to the household, like what Derosia and Kamal's father's relationship was like. According to an article in the Lincoln Journal Star newspaper from January 2004, a man named Louis M. Walker, also known as Abdul Malas Hussein, was arrested in connection to the murders, based on a tip placed in 2003. Louis would have been about 21 years old at the time of the murders, but there have been no new updates since Walker's arrest and the case remains cold. It was really weird to have this giant jump in time because essentially it runs cold immediately after the murders in 1979. And then there's just a random up date in 2004 saying that police have arrested someone based on a tip but then there's no follow-up they don't say what happened they don't say how they've ruled this man out just that somebody tipped the police off that abdul malik hussein was linked to the murder in some in some way but it still remains a cold case so i'm just left to assume that they ruled him out or maybe they didn't have enough to charge him and so the case is still cold Either way, they don't give any information about the tip that caused them to think that it was him or what information they had on it. Like, no, and maybe nothing. they did that just to protect him because they can't actually prove. They probably don't have enough evidence to convict him. And so they don't want to start a witch hunt where people are going after this guy because he might be innocent. Yeah, that that tracks. But either way, the police gave us absolutely nothing to go on, and I don't know if they did, did that intentionally or... Well, it makes it makes me wish that they at least would say one way or the other if he was ruled out and cleared and had an alibi and he's no longer a suspect, or if they said, we don't have enough evidence to convict him, but he hasn't been ruled out. Okay, so based on what information we have, which is very little, <laughs> do you feel like this was a personal attack? Someone that knew Derosha? like knew her schedule, maybe knew her house and knew what to expect? Or do you feel like this was a stranger attack and had nothing to do with her or her family? My first inclination is to think it was somebody who knew her personally or knew her, knew of her. And it was potentially race motivated. The rope around Derosia and Kamal's neck is weird to me that they just left it there around their necks. That seems like a message that is kind of hard for me to ignore. Mm -hmm. Again, I have no evidence either way, but this, this feels weird to me in, in that sense that it was racially motivated somehow. I mean, she worked in an elementary school as a teacher's aide, so she probably came in contact with uh, students' parents and faculty and the school board. And we all know that there's issues with race in the school board. Like schools had only been integrated like 10 years at that point federally, right? So I, I'm sure there was still a lot of racism within the public school districts and public school boards. I, I don't know if she had potentially piss somebody off in the school district and they knew somebody or they were connected to to the clan or whatever it was this is high speculation but it feels weird to me in a way that i don't want to ignore anyone with information about this case there's a twenty-five thousand dollar reward please call or message the omaha police cold case homicide unit at 402-444-5656 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Crime Soup Podcast. Be sure to find us on social media and let us know your thoughts on this case. You can find us on TikTok at Crime Soup Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Crime underscore Soup. We also have a website, CrimeSoupPodcast.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes and even buy your very own Crime Soup merch. As always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Stay safe and bon appetit.